The other day, I received a message from someone asking me to watch a video online. Now, I get a lot of messages like this quite often. Sometimes it is a video teaching from another pastor or another church. Sometimes it is an encouraging testimony about God and all the things that he's done in somebody's life. But more often than not, especially in this current cultural and political climate, it is a clip of some person chastising some other group or some other person for a transgression of the person's pet political or theological position. So the video that was sent to me was something kind of like that. But as I'm sure you all have experienced because you're watching this on YouTube, as soon as you click on a video link that someone has sent to you, you're stuck in algorithm hell. What exactly is algorithm hell? Well, that's where now, because you opened that video, you've been led down a rabbit hole of other videos that are tangentially connected to the video that you clicked on. And now your feed of videos on YouTube is being populated with all kinds of new things that aren't actually things that you're interested in, but you slightly want to click on them because you're wondering what the heck is this video all about? And the next thing you know, you have wasted 30 minutes or maybe an hour watching six minute video clips at double speed, unless I'm the only one that has ever done this, which I don't think I am. So consider this something of a, a confession. I got sucked into YouTube algorithm vortex hell and ended up seeing uh, the portion of this message about politics and COVID and all the world chaos. And it was given in a church to a gathered group of presumably mostly Christians. And at a certain point, the presenter said to this group, something along the lines of, if your pastor has not fully opened your church, you got to start putting the pressure on your pastor. You got to start telling him and the leadership of your pastor that the church down the street is open with no social distancing and no masks and no restrictions. And so you have to open in the same way or my family and I, we are out of here. And this person went on to say that you got to start doing this tonight. You got to email your pastor and the leadership today and put the pressure on them. Let me first say, I completely understand this sentiment. I understand the revolutionary rebellious bent. That's exactly who I am by nature. I'm an American like many of you. And I am by nature rebellious. In fact, I have four kids and I'm quite certain after observing my four children that we all are by nature rather rebellious. So I get it. I've heard all of the arguments for reopening, not just churches, but reopening society and pushing back against mask mandates and the like. I mean, I live in California, so we are on the extreme end of the uh, shutdown culture that we've been living through for nearly the last year. And I'm not necessarily going to say that everything that this person on this video was saying is completely off. He was expressing the frustrations that I think a lot of people have experienced. That's not 
really my issue with the message. But, but here is my issue with the message. And I've seen this same sort of mindset several times from a few different sources in messages that have been referred to me by my friends or people within the church or just the YouTube algorithms that you get sucked into. The message is this. You've gone to your church for a decade and your church, they have helped you in your marriage and they've helped you with your kids and they've walked with you through challenges. And now you need to tell them if they don't speak out on this specific issue or do that specific thing, then you need to tell them that you're leaving. I've been pastoring now for 22 years, almost 14 of those 22 years as the senior pastor of a church. And during that time, I have seen hundreds of people come and go in and out of our church. I recognize as a good friend of mine has put it, he's also a pastor of a church, that a lot of churches, especially here in a place like Southern California, where there are literally hundreds of good churches, there really are, but there, when, when looking at our churches, our churches in a lot of ways, my friend says it like this, are like elective Sunday school programs and people elect to go to this one for a little while. So someone will go to the church down the street for a while and then they will transfer to our church and then they'll stick around with us for a while and then they'll jump out of our church and go to a church across town. Now, I don't like this. As a pastor, it's challenging. And sometimes it's it's painful when someone that you've invested in and ministered to leaves to go to another church. But you do learn over time to pray for them and to bless them as they go, which I have many times. And we try to make it a point at our church to keep an open door for when they return, which oftentimes they eventually do. But again, back to this message and this sentiment that is very clear in our culture at the moment. Your church has helped you with your marriage. They've helped you with your kids. They've walked with you through challenges. But if they are not doing your thing right now, the way that you want them to do it right at this moment, or say your, they're saying your message in the way that you want them to say it, then you're going to tell them, I'm out. We're going to a different church. In my coffee time message yesterday, I mentioned Jesus's words, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Those are from Matthew chapter five, verse seven, from Jesus's sermon on the Mount. And this morning I was thinking about all of this that's going on in our culture. And I was reminded of Jesus's words in the same passage in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter five, verse five, where Jesus says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. A good friend of mine just brought an, out a new book and it just came out on Tuesday and he is sending me a copy, but I already read a copy of it on Kindle. And this is, I think, his third or fourth book. And like I said, I read through it the last couple of days and of his books, I think that this is probably his best book so far. And if you're looking for a good book right now to read, you should check this book out. It's called Crazy Happy by my friend Daniel Fusco. This book is about that passage, the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, but also about Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit. And it's good stuff. You should 
check it out. But one of the Beatitudes is that word in Matthew 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, I've taught the Sermon on the Mount many times. In fact, um, almost 16 years ago, I taught a class for college credit on the Sermon on the Mount. And I love these nine sayings of Jesus called the Beatitudes. They are, I believe, algorithms for blessing, conditions for blessing, the IFTTTs for blessing, if you know anything about computer sort of lingo, if this, then that, for being, as my friend Daniel would put it in his book, for being crazy happy. So the if this, then that of of experiencing a life of blessing in Christ. So here is the path to blessing and, in some respects, happiness in Christ. Oh, how happy are the meek. What does that even mean? I mean, we just don't really use that language, that word meek or meekness in 2021. Or when we do hear the word meekness, we immediately think of weakness, which that's not what it is, not at all. So what is meekness? Well, let me give you a picture of what meekness is by showing you what meekness is not. This is a perfect example of what meekness isn't. Tell your pastor and the leaders of your church, if you don't do things the way I want you to do things, then I and my family are leaving. And I'm going to tell other people to leave too. If you want to be just like David's son Absalom in the Old Testament, then go ahead and do that. But in Mark chapter 7, Jesus taught, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines, teaching as truth, the commandments or the ways of man. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men or the way of men above God's word. If you are teaching people to rebel against the leadership of their church because they don't hold to your personal pet view or they won't do things the way that you think that they should, it just may be that you're bringing the methodology of carnal pressure practices of two-year-old temper tantrums into the church. And you're teaching as biblical truth, biblical doctrines, the ways of carnal people. I want to suggest to you that if your teaching conflicts with the clear teaching of Jesus, you're doing it wrong. Something to think about. And maybe check out my friend Daniel's book. You can find it here. We'll see you next time.